I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD you are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. India is perhaps creating its own firewall, if one would seem like, right? And you have, you are somebody who has seen this like so beautifully play out in China, for instance. I want to understand from you that do you think India should really do this? What really is your view here? Because the fact of the matter remains that a lot of companies in India and the homegrown startups have benefited hugely from foreign capital. And there's nothing denying that. And now while uh, there is one line of commentary which says that it's unprecedented opportunity for startups to grow another TikTok, perhaps in India. But the fact is that perhaps it's my view that competition could always be on fair grounds and it could be a regressive step in the near future. What is your, what is your sense? I think China has... Um, as investor from outside, we look at China. Obviously, China has done well in internet space. And most people outside attribute to the fact that China had a great wall, therefore had a more um, domestic market for themselves. I, I actually disagree with that. Um, as someone who um, was on the ground in China for eight years as a VC, what I saw was that the, it's the speed of learning, the speed of comp- uh, competition that if you don't survive against your peers, it doesn't really matter if Facebook, Google is there because you're not going to win anyway. And so it's the survival of fittest and meritocracy based on how users react to you. Because when you're building a business that has millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of users, you can't bribe anyone to like you. You have to offer superior product and services. So it is the most meritocracy-driven um, segment of the economy in China that's just consumer internet. And it was the, our thesis back then is that it was easier to scale a consumer facing business in China on the internet than any other kind of business in China. So China that people know from outside is that's actually different um, than the, the tech China we know, internet China we know, that's governed by meritocracy and survival of the fittest and being the best at what you do and learn the quickest in order to, to get away fast to survive. And we saw the same kind of drive in India as well. So whether Indian government decides to do to um, uh, close or be open, that is not our position to to uh, to, to to say or influence. Um, but what we can see by being on the ground, uh, looking at talking to founders in India, is that the that drive of building something that's uniquely Indian and building things quickly and learn quickly and adjust quickly. Um, is the key to build a um, out- big outcome and contribute to society, whether it's a closed system or open system. Lacking that drive, lacking that um, ability to innovate, to iterate fast, is going to be a problem, even if you have a closed system. 
because having closed system doesn't guarantee success. There are many other countries that had closed system before that did not work. So I think what India is unique is that you have a large population that's um, that's increasingly well educated, and a top segment can speak English uh, well, and that uh, and the ability to innovate and work hard and iterate. That kind of um, foundation and fundamentals is rare around the world. So. Again, I think that the best Indian teams will not just build business in India. They will go out. Um, So in the next five, 10 years, we will see if India teams um, do it it right. And hopefully with um, our help, can build large global businesses in the next five to 10 years. And it's hard to see that uh, today. Um, There are not as many examples as positive, but I think that will change. So you're saying that it's hard to see it today in India? No, I think it's hard for other people to see it today because Kevin Holland uh, has taken uh, India to get to this point, how expensive 3G rollout was. Um, 4G with Geo is such a big difference in democratizing access to internet for Indian population. This is why you see a lot of um, Silicon Valley tech giants investing in Geo for that reason. They, they, many of them miss China for a variety of reasons. But they know that for India, in the internet market to take up, Geo has to do more and, and um, uh, democratize services to more um, uh, Indian consumers in 4G and 5G. So they, they are some fundamentals that favor India to do well. And um, uh, I, I hope the Indian founders will, will choose uh, wisely. And that we have confidence that, um, that this is going to be a very interesting market. Um, but more importantly, uh, teams that can global, go global over time. That's a good segue to our next question. Teams that will go global over time. So that may, that may, that brings me to you now, Ansi. Uh, give me sort of, you know, two or three key challenges perhaps you are facing in building up your business. Because if when everybody is talking and is so enamored by edtech as an opportunity, and like you mentioned that, the business fundamentally provides high gross margins. Uh, so, you know, what are your expansion, you know, plans there in that direction? I want to understand from you. And also, you also mentioned about going global. So are you also thinking in that direction already? So challenges and going global. A uh, lot of challenges, uh, Shijam. I think when you are in a segment, which is uh, just, you know, getting started, uh, has a penetration of under... 3%, I, I mean, 3% is also a big number. I think it's even less than uh, 2%. Uh, and when predominantly out of this 280 million kids who are there in Kateville, internet access itself is probably to around 100, of, 100 million of them. Uh, a lot of challenges. I mean, that problem st- that the statement itself has so many challenges in it. Uh, not all of it is for use to solve, uh, like say for, for, for Vedanta to solve. Uh, as uh, Hans was saying, there's a lot of infrastructure development, government support, private uh, sector participation. All of that needs to come together, uh, you know, for some of these challenges to get solved. Specifically talking about Vedantu and what are the challenges which is for us to solve is, is to bring the price price point down for sure, right? So when we are looking at a penetration and we are looking at online education solutions to go and affect the masses, we need to be very cognizant to the reality of the country where we operate in, wherein the price points has to be that much lower. Right? Uh, that's a problem which we are trying to solve. I can just give you an example. 
know, simplifying it for you. When we started way back in 2014, our price point for reference sake per hour was 500 bucks. Uh, right now, it's around 60 rupees, right? And I'm very confident that I want to disrupt that to probably sub 25 rupees, uh, which would be one third to one fourth of what an offline today would cost uh, in a tier two, tier three location. This I'm speaking to you about because my offline venture, we started in a city called Bernala. It's not a city. It's a small place called Bernala in Punjab. And, you know, when, you know, when we operated that there for many years in those places. And that's, that's really the kind of people online education companies need to, you know, uh, be optimized for and solve for. So there's an internet infrastructure challenge, which is only we can't solve it. But there are definitely other challenges which we definitely look to solve. So that's, that's definitely a, a big challenge, right? As far as uh, the second part is concerned, I, I'm a big believer of that. When Hans and I connected, in fact, I really look forward to a lot of these learnings, right? And uh, and I, I'm a big believer that, yes, uh, in education, for sure, uh, there is going to be big global uh, companies built out of India for a very logical reason that Indian teachers are English-speaking teachers. So I imagine, you know, uh, definitely ourselves becoming a global, you know, powerhouse, a global supplier of high quality teaching talent. And that's a win-win because obviously of the price arbitrage, we can also offer high cost, high price to our teachers, right? And they are English speaking, so they can always become, uh, you know, uh, great teachers uh, abroad. I also am saying this not out of just as a wish list, but even today, Students from 48 countries study on Vedanto. And it's all organic. We haven't done anything around this right now. It's all NRIs and, you know, uh, people who get to know about us from their own, uh, you know, relatives and all. They already are studying on Vedanto and it's so seamless. If you were to give me one word that comes to your mind when I say the following, what would that be? Soft bank. Capital. Okay. India's campaign of Aat Nirbharta or perhaps make in India, self-reliant. Go global. What is your advice to the Indian FM? Be open. <laughs> okay. And I want to understand from you that if you were to give one advice, you know, what ensures the winning mindset of founders? What would that be? Dare to dream. Okay. I come to you, Nawamsi. There's one thing that you incredibly adore about hands. What is that? Vision. <laughs> something which you think if you were to go back in time and you wish you could have revisited and redone so when we okay so there's a long answer sorry okay so <laughs> when we transited from uh, Laksh to Vedantu we sort of you know felt that you know uh, can't do both right so so maybe right you know probably you could have done uh, there. <laughs> okay Hans I have to ask you this before I leave that this entire obsession of private equity investors to Reliance Geo, almost making it the essential services to private equity, if I may, you know. I mean, have you seen this madness ever before? And what is it that VCs are seeing and perhaps we are missing? It almost looks like that we have democratically elected a monopoly in India. Um, I think that what we saw in uh, other emerging markets take the example of China. Without the ADSL rollout by the carriers, there's no way China can build a massive internet business. Um, that's why infrastructure is important. One of the reasons why um, um, India from 1990, 
actually from 2006 to 2013, 14, 15, did not grow as much as China did, is the cost of 3G, which is too high. It makes it harder for people to have access to it. Um, and so you cannot, you spend all the money on marketing, you don't get a lot of growth. Um, so geos definitely is important. GST and UPI, both are also important. Then there are other countries in the world looking at how uh, India has implemented GST and UPI and learn what, and try to figure out what is their version of both. Because you need that in order to have a national market, that in order to have online transactions and, and, and to facilitate online payment. Are those three sufficient? Um, I think India will, will do more. So some of the things that you, you know well probably still need to be changed for the market continue to take off. So um, growing an internet technology business is, is, comes directly in par, on par with what the country is growing and doing um, to become a more open national market. Um, th- those two do go hand in hand. So it's easy to pick on certain things and criticize. But you have to give people uh, credit where credit's due that um, it is not easy for any government to manage growth. Sometimes we'll, funders grow despite the government. Sometimes uh, funders grow because of government's macro policy. But what I do know with consumer internet is that you cannot bribe your way to the top. You have to offer value to end user for them to want you or like you. This is why in my heart, I will always be a um, consumer-related investor because I think it's just the... Uh, most fair, pure part of um, what's good about our society. Thank you. I think we had a very beautiful and insightful conversation here. Thank you, Vamsi, and thank you, Hans, for joining me. I think we spoke about various aspects here from future of education to how you have built up this organization, Vedanta, or Hans, I sort of backed you, and talking about the resilience of consumer internet economy and what makes it so meritocracy driven. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. Till the time we see you next, goodbye and good luck. And do stay safe. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so much. Sir. Great questions. Thank you. Thanks. Love to have it to be here. Yeah. Bye-bye. That was fantastic. Bye. Take care. You are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.